0: Welcome to the Embodied Sounds podcast, where we explore how music and sound add to our collective well-being in mind, body, and spirit. In order to keep this podcast free of advertising, please consider joining our Patreon community. Your support will go towards the creation of this show, as well as original music compositions and recording projects to help us all reduce stress and live a healthier and happier life. Learn more at www. EmbodiedSounds.com Hello, and welcome back to the Embodied Sounds podcast. My name is Joshua Sam Miller, and it's so great to have you back here. This is a special edition episode where I'm sharing a recently recorded album release party of my first album, which is a collaboration with Will Marsh called Of Ancient Now. You can find the album at our Bandcamp page, which is easily accessible from the embodied sounds website at www.embodiedsounds.com. We look forward to your thoughts on this project and thank you so much for tuning in to
1: our release party,
0: man. Well, we are so lucky to have all these people show up at our release party.
1: Yeah. Thank you all for your support. This is just very exciting to be uh, sharing such special music that Joshua and I created together and, um, You know we've how long have we known each other josh we we started this project in in may um so it's been just an amazing process to see this music unfold and emerge and now having you all here to celebrate it um just really uh just feels so great um and exciting so we're we're gonna give you a more taste of of the music and talk about more about how it was created and uh yeah, I'm here in Northern California. Joshua is in Costa Rica and you guys are all over the place. So here we are.
0: Would you like to tell us a bit about this album and how it kind of came together?
1: Uh, I would love to. So, you know, there was no um, foresight of of such music emerging. Um, Joshua and I met in, uh, Joshua Tree, California, at a music festival called Bhakti Fest that happens um, every September. And I've been performing there for a number of years. And I had a little uh, classical Indian set in a little area there. And uh, I met Joshua there. He he just listened to me play and we talked. And, um, you know, he gave me his card at the end of it. So I just, I, I remembered meeting him. I remembered, you know, just somebody who... Um, had an ear and appreciation for this music, um, he, he was studying tabla at the time, so we had a lot to talk about. And um, this was before I had moved up to the Bay Area, so um, Maya and I got up to the Bay here exactly about a year ago in March, and moved up here just to be more immersed in the kind of world music um, culture up here. So as I got up here I I just reached out to Josh. I was like, "Oh yeah, this guy Josh was up here. Let's just see what what he's up to. Maybe we'll play some music." And uh we talked on the phone and just kind of said, "Yeah, let's meet up." Um and he is in, he was in Sebastopol, which is about 40 minutes from where I live. So we picked a time to just show up and uh I I think Josh you tell it best kind of the frame of the first day. Um and what we decided to do and, and what happened.
0: We just have very good musical chemistry. Um, as he mentioned, we did meet at the music festival and when he moved up to Northern California and said, hey, I'm, I'm local now, I said, great, I just set up my studio and um, let's, let's jam, you know, come over. And I said, you know, what should we do? I have all these mics, should we have a plan? Um, you know I, I knew he was a very accomplished musician so i felt like okay i really have to take this seriously this isn't just like a i'm hanging out kind of goofing around kind of situation and i asked well what would you like to do and he said well i think the best thing for us to do is to just sit down and play and see what happens so that's exactly what we did there was no plan um, beyond that and it really was a space of pure improvisation and creative, uh, expression that I think for both of us, you know, if I may, well, I'll speak for both of us for a second really came at a huge important time because I'm sure everyone remembers March of last year. Um, it was pretty, pretty intense. Um, I was living in a small cottage in Sebastopol, California, one room building. Um, Will was living in Novato in an even smaller room uh, with his beloved Maya, who's with us tonight. And we both were just feeling the pressure of COVID uh, hitting us all really hard and not being able to play gigs like we were used to, um, not being able to tour, not being able to play in person with anyone. And so when he came over, it was like a breath of fresh air. And we looked at each other after that first day and said, "Wow, okay, um, I like this. This feels inspiring. Let's um, let's do this again." And then I took a few months, um, maybe like one month, one two months, and listened back to what we'd recorded, kind of like edited uh, some sections that I thought were the best, and I sent him uh, a few of the tracks. And the first thing uh, Will's feedback was, "Maya loves the music." He's like, she is really, really behind this. And as a musician, I don't know if there are other musicians in the room here, but when you feel and you hear that someone else likes what you're doing, that feels really, really good. Because for a lot of musicians, you know, we all, we all think like, oh, this sounds great. But when you have that third person say, wow, I, I really like this, that was great motivation to kind of keep creating. So thank you,
1: Hmm. Mike.
0: You know, it just kind of expanded from there. So
1: Yeah, and and bear in mind, there was no concept of like, we're making an album, it just the beautiful thing about our collaboration is, you know, Joshua is um, pretty skilled as an audio engineer, he he set up the mics, he had everything ready to um, record and capture what we're doing, because these Sessions could have easily just happened in the moment and be only existed in that moment, which often musical experiences do um, happen in that way. But something about the way that we met and the time and the place that we met, it was able to be captured and, and captured well. It's not like just an iPhone in the middle of the room. It's like we had everything set up um, professionally and so i really think of that a lot as as you know as a musician i meet a lot of people i play with a lot of people and beautiful things can happen but it's very rare that it's captured and able to turn into uh, an album worth of coherent music that can be shared with the world and you know that is just a very kind of beautiful thing that we we didn't expect he was keeping track of these sessions and going through, editing, picking out the best things, and then he would send them to me. And I was like, wow, this actually is very coherent and, and it sounds good. And and then, you know, Maya was our first listener who was like, wow. And uh, that is just such a satisfying way to create because you can get so into your head in the process of making music and um You know there's never an end to a song unless you decide there's an end you can always retake or redo something but with us it's like the total opposite because what happened in these sessions like i had no idea what i was doing i i can't play these songs again like it actually i have to relearn tediously because there was some just dialogue happening between us in that moment and it's it's pretty hilarious we um we got to do some footage for a music video the last time we were together a couple weeks ago and you know, it kind of happened in the moment. Josh was like, Hey, I know a guy like can let's shoot a music video. This was at like nine in the morning on my last day visiting him. I was like, okay, what, what song are we going to do? And we picked a song. And then the first thing I said was, well, I don't even know if I can play this song. Like, I don't know what I did. It, I have to, I, so I literally sat in his living room and I'm like, trying to learn it so that I can mime the song in the video obviously we're going to use the recorded song but you got to look like you're playing it for the music video at least um, so that's just another testament to really um, how spontaneous this was and as I've kind of continued to work with Joshua it's clear that we just have a natural way of communicating and, and expressing and this album is really just the musical, um, form of that. So, um, yeah, we're excited to see the time when we do get to tour and play live and it'll be fun to kind of go back and relearn these songs and re, um, arrange them for a live setting. But for the most part, everything on this album just kind of popped out like one take. (laughs) That was it kind of a style. So um, it's very unique, very different than the piece I released called "The Integration of My Own," that was very composed and written parts for the cello and the multiple guitars. And so this is just a, a really uh, kind of fun and unique way to to make music. And I think you'll hear that. You'll hear that kind of fluidity um, and and life, um, like a like a conversation.
0: Right on. Okay, I think we should listen to a track. How's that sound? Yeah. Uh, so this this first one is called Impermanence. It's our um, fifth track on the album, and really one of my favorites. It's uh, it's a piece that came through about two years ago, actually, um, for me to play as a soloist on the handpan, and I've been doing that now since uh, discovering this beautiful sound sculpture about three four years ago. Um, this particular piece is in the key of D major, and for me to uh, share this with Will and really bring his musicianship, very, very skillful ear and training in Indian raga music um, to it was really uh, just a pleasure. And if you've ever created a piece of art or com- composition um, yourself, you know how much it kind of becomes very personal. And so when we sat down and again, no plan, no, I didn't think to do this in advance, but I said, Hey, let me just share this, this kind of melody with you. See how it feels. What he added was just stunning. So this is called impermanence and I'm going to throw up the graphic again. You can switch your cameras off if you'd like to just not have that to distract you and enjoy the, uh, the track. welcome back thank you all yeah as i mentioned before this this track is called impermanence and i think in this last year we've all been reminded kind of what that term really means and how important it is to embrace that concept that nothing is really permanent in this life and how we can really, I'd say, achieve our best when we can go with the flow and adapt to what happens around us. So yeah, that's impermanence. I'm curious if there's any questions or anything that came up for anyone that you want to to share, either unmute yourself or post in the chat. Gloria asked, was there an added beat? Actually on that one, there was not. That was all played live. the handpan can serve as, as a great drum to drive a track. So that was one uh, percussive instrument and one string instrument the entire time.
1: And it's interesting because we actually looked at adding um, tabla and some other things and we did, but at the end of the day, we really preferred the original version with just two live instruments. And there will be another version of this song that is available featuring vocal um, by an amazing musician, Amina Chishti, who um, is deep from a Pakistani um, music tradition called Kowali. And she um, she had the pleasure of, of singing on the song and she's really known as a tabla player. So uh, Joshua, um, was able to kind of bring this to her and work with her so that was a very unique experience um, to have that and it's it's fun to have this version with vocals but the reason we went to Amina was to add tabla and she's just a master tabla player and we ended up (laughs) with vocals and then we even ended up with the main version just being the original two instrument one so um yeah it's been an interesting journey with the song
0: for sure and just to share a little more light on amina she's been a wonderful friend and uh, mentor to me tabla teacher music teacher for the last uh, two years and the um, version with her voice is absolutely stunning it's the first time she's ever really sang on a studio track um and it's absolutely gorgeous so we'll post the link to the uh, Bandcamp version of the album which has that uh, as a bonus track and um yeah, I totally recommend it. It, uh, it was a nice idea to go with the tabla, but uh, I agree with Mary's comments. Less is more. And mm. the tabla just kind of got a little too busy. So yeah, totally agree and highly suggest listening to Amina Singh. It was a real treat to get to to do that with her. What do you say, Will? Should we do another one?
1: Yeah, I think we should move right along and, and share another tune. Um, and this one, I wanted to kind of just talk about for a moment. Um, this one features guitar and handpan, and um, this is definitely one of the pieces that just we literally just sat down and played. Um, this last one, Joshua had kind of written this part that he played on the handpan, but um, this was one of the last pieces on the album and. We kind of—I started to hear the sound that we were making, and I thought, you know, I think there's something more we can do with guitar and handpan. And I just kind of was working with a scale, and this is actually based on a South Indian raga called Rag and it's interesting because this scale has really no, there's no Western mode that actually matches to it. So it's, it's a major, um, it's a dominant scale with a flat six. The poor, so this mode is kind of prevalent throughout the song. And for those of you who are musicians, um, it's kind of a fun little riff to jam on. You can play a, a G major, just simple G major and to C minor. And kind of oscillating between these two chords just gives this nice mood. Kind of based on this this theme and um really just beautiful how it it literally kind of emerged and when we were describing um the moods and and thinking of titles for the song we just kept thinking of this kind of softness and this kind of uh, tenderness and kind of romantic feel and so we came up with the name a tender ballad and Well, that's my French there. Ballad comes from uh, the, a French word, and it's actually a medieval dance piece um, traditionally, so uh, there's some French, about as much French as I know, um, but uh, this, this piece is called A Tender Ballad, and it is for guitar and handpan.
0: forward to when we can play these live well
1: me too i know i've got an itch to just jam on that right now Ding.
0: i was dancing i don't know about anybody else but i was kind of up and moving around mm.
1: yeah that's based on um glory's comment there it's it's really fun to have a project where i can you know, show, I guitar has been a huge part of my life and a huge part of my um, experience, so it's fun to bring together a project that, that, you know, can utilize the raga on sitar and the guitar, and then same with Joshua on handpan. We have pieces with um, darbuka, which is an Arabic drum, um, some tabla, some gong, so uh, really nice to get to cover a nice range of musical palettes and sounds um, with our collaboration.
0: Hmm. And that, that particular track to me really came alive in the uh, mastering process, which for, for those who don't know is kind of the final step that you go through uh, after recording, mixing, arranging and uh, editing your, your music there's this final process called mastering and anyone's ever thinking, do I really need to master this? A hundred percent. The answer is yes. Uh, we worked with an incredible engineer in the Bay area, named Ben Leinbach. And I really remember listening to this piece, just come alive in, in the mastering mix. So, you know, there, there were a lot of people uh, supporting us on this journey. and Ben has been a, a good friend and, Professional uh, resource for me over the last few years as I've really stepped into more of my professional musicianship. So just want to give a huge shout out to Ben and um, maybe uh, you know, Will. I'm I'm kind of itching to hear a little bit of the Moon Moths track and maybe I I
1: was thinking that too. Yeah,
0: have you explained like what that little green bug is on our album? cover yeah
1: Yeah, so um, yeah let's see could you put up an image of the album cover totally um so yeah the album cover has been another fun process um creative process here and it was created by um a friend of joshua's who i got to meet as well her name is ashley wilfire and it was just great to share with her you know what we were envisioning with the album and the mood and she just started putting this together. And we were both like, wow, yeah, this is, this is really um, capturing the, the feel of this, of this album. And so we're going to play one more song. And so what happened is we have these songs, Josh and I, and we're like, all right, we're going to release these as an album. We need to think of names. They're not, we're not just going to call it, you know, sitar in D and guitar in G and you know you get to that point where you're like all right we're making an album we need to think of some names for the songs and for this song that we're going to play um, I was writing down just on a big white piece of paper words descriptive words of this song and one of the words that just came very clearly was um, moon moth just moon moth Um, And out of all the things that I wrote down to describe the song, Dance of the Moon Moths was really the one that felt the most right. And I had no idea that a moon moth is um, actually like this beautiful type of moth that has this kind of intricate design and pattern on it. And and they're often very vibrant colors, and, and I was totally unaware of this. Um, so this little um, green moth in the corner of the album cover is actually a moon moth. And you can Google moon moth and see the beautiful um, varieties and colors. And um, so <laughs> I don't know where this came from, but it, it was definitely wanting to come through this, this uh, moon moth imagery and idea. And so we're going to give a listen to this song. Um... As our last listening, and this song to me is really uh, a unique one because it's got a little more of a, a little more of an edge and a drive to it, um, whereas the other songs have been spacious and tender. And um, we recorded this song live together on sitar and handpan, and then after Joshua re-added some tabla and and percussion um, after the fact. And one other note that I'll that I'll mention here is, we utilize the Tanpura, the, the drone instrument in India, um, of which I have several of them. And I wanted to particularly add some kind of eerie drone to this song. I could hear it in my head after we made it. And the traditional drone is kind of a very, you know, consonant, it's just like the fifth in the tonic. And so it's very simple, very just kind of background but i kind of custom created my own drone for this song to kind of bring out this it's almost got an eerie mood to it um so you'll you'll notice that the track starts off with this um different type of tanpura drone toning tuning um and yeah i think it's great that we kind of uh close with this song it it'll give you a sense of the variety of the album and you know the moon moth is is on the album cover so I think it's fun to talk about that.
0: from that journey everyone oh. yeah I'm happy we I'm happy we got to close with that that's really a, a favorite of mine and it was such a uh, intuitive uh, process actually to add the percussion it was just like okay this this piece could kind of go in this direction and I I like this sound let's put that in okay that works there Let's let's try something else here and uh, that, that actually wound up being about close to 30 uh, individual tracks in post-production on that uh, one song. So we, um, we've really pushed the limits of going from the basic uh, two-track duet to the full studio production uh, experience. And that one's going to be a challenge for us to figure out how to do live. But uh, with, the, with the support of technology, we will, we will make it happen. And um, yeah, before we close, I just wanted to kind of shed some light on the album title and kind of where that came from, uh, which was also very, very much an organic um, process. And yeah, so the title of Ancient Now really is, it's all encompassing for this project because we felt it was giving respect to the lineages that both Will and I have uh, studied under, with a very modern approach. And I was actually just having a conversation uh, this afternoon with my parents about kind of the difference in generational uh, thought and ways of being. And I think it's always the case in our human existence that the current generation is uh, taking what has come before and improving, making it uh, new and exciting and something that is, you know, very original. And that's exactly what we're doing here in this project uh, while paying respect to the places that we have both been lucky to study and the uh, parts of the world where both of us uh, come from originally. Uh, I'm of Jewish descent, uh, Eastern European uh, background. And for some, uh, in some way, this music really takes me back to a time where people were a lot more nomadic and there was that mystical approach to life that I've been lucky to experience in in my journey. So it's, it's really kind of what comes through for me as I'm playing and sharing, um, you know, with, with the world. So yeah, did did I maybe leave anything out? Will, you want to expand on a bit of the album title,
1: how that came about? Yeah, I think um, you really touched on it. It's, we're using these ancient traditions in, in musical, um, forms, but it's not a classical Indian album. It's not, you know, we're, we're not trying to be in that category. And, um, so that thread of, of, of ancient music is there, but it's something that could only happen right now. So that's kind of, um, how how that title emerged, and it, it feels very fitting um, to describe this music. Um, and it's also very satisfying artistically to create something that is not necessarily limited to an, a tradition that has been carried on a long time. Um, for me as an artist, I love a lot of traditional musics, um, you know, especially Hindustani classical music. Um, and that will always be a part of my expression, but it's um, just very, very exciting and gratifying to create something that is utilizes that knowledge, but is is something different and new. So I really hope that you all are kind of feeling that and and that is exciting. And, um, you know, I think there's definitely a lot more music to come out in this in this way and in this vein. So um, it's just a wonderful thing to celebrate. And uh, so great to to see so many friends here.
0: Thank you all so much for joining us. And uh, you both have our contact details. Uh, please reach out anytime with further thoughts or ideas. Uh, we are excited to tour and, and share this music and also support um, groups virtually. We both live close together in Northern California for the moment. So if you uh, would like to arrange something privately, we can uh, support you in that as well as any compositional work uh, for films and television. So thank you for your uh, for your attention and your time. Uh, definitely check out the Bandcamp page. It's, it's very exciting. This is kind of also simultaneously the first album that um, I'm producing as well as being featured on as an artist under the uh, record label Embodied Sounds, which is very much a passion project of mine and kind of been the, the name that I've been working on it professionally so uh, check us out embodied producing mindful music and working with amazing artists like Will and others so I think that that about does it I'm going to uh, go have some dinner and wish you all just a beautiful evening and thank you so much for your time
1: yeah thank you all so much enjoy your evening and uh, I hope that you enjoy this uh, this music.